0: Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's R-O dot co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do.
1: How's it going, guys? Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, where I welcome Dr. Jane Greer. And Dr. Greer is a marriage and family therapist, author, radio host, and psychotherapist. And through her media collaborations and expert insights, Dr. Greer is recognized as a leading national expert in love and relationships. She is also the author of seven books, including her latest, Am I Lying to Myself? How to Overcome Denial and See the Truth. And today, that's exactly what we talk about. We talk about denial, how to recognize it, and how to navigate it better. This is something that I think all of us could use more tools around because unfortunately, it seems to be a part of the human condition is that sometimes we can be in denial about a certain situation, about a relationship, romantic or with family or friends. So I really enjoyed today's conversation with lots of actionable tips from Dr. Greer. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Dr. Greer. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here to talk with you about denial.
1: Well, you let us right into it. Today, we are going to talk about denial. And and I love this topic. We haven't done an episode specifically about denial. So why don't we start by having you tell our listeners why you like this topic, why you've chosen to to write a book about it. And then we'll talk about how it comes up in our personal lives and in relationships.
2: Well, that's a wonderful question because I've practiced for many years. I won't name how many because nobody as a lady wants to date themselves and, and give away their age. But with that being said, I actually have another book called Courage to Change in Love, Work and Life. And that's about how difficult it is to confront upsetting, painful relationships or situations that are not working out, that are disappointing, that cause you a lot of heartache, and being able to find the courage to change and move on and get to higher ground and live a happier life. And the truth is, the biggest stumbling block in love, work, and life and all relationships and being able to find the courage to change is denial. And when I really looked at the work that I do, I basically spend day in, day out talking with my patients and helping them confront their own denial or equally important, the denial that they see in their loved ones around them so that they have a better understanding first and foremost. But then most significantly can then move on to handling themselves differently and changing. The outcome.
1: Well, I love using real life examples, and I know you do that in your book. So, could you give us an example of how denial come up in a relationship, and then let's talk about how we can navigate it better?
2: Well, denial comes up in so many different ways in so many different relationships. Let's start with take a woman who's in a relationship, hoping that it's going to lead to marriage, and seeing this person, this guy, as the love of her life, and this is a relationship that's going to continue to grow and grow and grow. However, after about five, six months, one, two years, it's like losing weight. You sort of hit a plateau and then your weight doesn't drop. You find yourself stuck in a waiting mode. And the relationship is what I call a go nowhere relationship. It's going nowhere. It's gotten to where it's going and it's not going any further. And if you stay in it, you're going to be stuck. So it's very difficult when people are in a relationship for any length of time. To see it and think, you know what, this is really not working. My needs are not being met. Either we're arguing all the time, or he says he's going to get married, we're going to get married, but he hasn't done anything or taken any active measure to show that. Or I don't understand. We make plans to go on vacation and it never happens. He keeps canceling at the last minute because there's a work project. Or we're supposed to go away and suddenly he's got to go home and take care of his mother. There are all these reasonably, you know, realistic and reasonable excuses that come up but that's the bottom line they're excuses one after another after another after another and to confront them and see them as excuses means you got to do something it means you either have to challenge that person and ask them how come this keeps happening and very often when people do they get met with what's wrong with you You're so selfish. Don't you understand I have to help my family member? Or don't you understand I have to work? So they get told they're being selfish. They're being too needy. They're being too demanding. And they're made to believe that it's their problem. And so they're in denial at that point. They start to believe what they're told, that they're at fault. They shouldn't expect so much. They shouldn't look for so much. They shouldn't be so disappointed. And then they move into what I call wishing and hoping. The person usually says, all right, I w- I, I'll try and make this up to you. We'll plan another trip away. Or I'll make it up to you. We'll go on Sunday. And then they don't. So they hold on to the wishing and hoping when the person is telling them things are going to be different. That they will be because if they suddenly do what I call the emotional math and not take one incident isolated, separate, and explain it away by way of what they've been told, where you're understanding the person's excuse, making allowances for it, and seeing yourself as a really selfish, thoughtless person, but where instead you're literally writing down all the times. They have been unavailable. They haven't followed through. They haven't delivered the goods. They haven't shown up. They have left you feeling abandoned. They've left you feeling neglected. And you put it on paper. You do the emotional math and you see that you're living in the minus column when you add it up. And that gives you the clarity and the strength to start to talk back to your denial and to say, no, it's realistic for me to want to see him on a Saturday night. And I'm going to ask him, how come we never spend Saturday nights? And if I get more and more excuses, then I'm going to start to make a change in the way I go forward with this relationship. That's the hardest part. Knowing that once you confront the situation or the person, and if they don't change, and you start to see past the promises and through the deception, comma, which enables you to see through your own denial, you will make changes. You will stop waiting. You will make a plan to start to, to, to say, you know what, I'm putting this relationship on hold till you can get it together, until we can spend more time together. I'm going to start dating. It's very hard for people to do that because they don't want to give up what they have. And they're afraid they won't find something. They say with the devil they know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Would you say that I know from personal experience it's a very common human feeling is is to be in denial, right? It seems like it's a it's a coping mechanism.
2: It is. And it's healthy to a degree.
1: Yes, exactly. And to a degree. And it seems like that's where the nuance is. That's where it's like, okay, we're we're in denial, but this is bad for your for your mental health. This is a bad relationship so so you've given these tools to kind of identify that we're in in denial like that seems like the first step is to to realize like hey we're we're wishing and hoping for something else, but this is actually what's happening. And you mentioned the wishing and hoping and and emotional math. Can you walk us through a little bit more about like the questions we can be asking ourselves to realize that? And then, yeah, the immediate answer is not, oh, I got to leave my partner necessarily. It's like, let me write these things out. And then there's options. We can go to therapy. But how do you think about that uh, and and instruct your clients to, to walk through that process?
2: Well, it depends on what problem they're dealing with. My book actually targets a lot of different areas of life where denial pops up in dating, where people, you know, miss what I call the watch out signs in terms of this is not going to be a good person to continue to pursue a potential relationship with. And then in dating somebody, you know, who who tells you I need my space, And you wind up in a go nowhere relationship. And then I talk about well, what about you're not with somebody who's unavailable, but somebody who now wants to control your time and make you unavailable to everybody else in your life who smothers you? So there's denial in that arena. And then if you get into a relationship, here comes sex. So does it lead to infidelity and denial that your partner's having an affair? Or if you're the, lover, does it lead to denial that your your lover is going to leave their husband or wife? Because that's what they tell you. And five years later, they're not going anywhere. And what do you do? So depending on the problem, each of my skills addresses what to do in these different situations. And my book is divided. I really talk about the expectations we have of ourselves to be a good enough sister, mother, brother, father, husband, what have you. And the denial we stay in, in order to feel that we're good enough. And then part two, how do you deal with unwelcome advice? How do you deal with differing opinions? You know, are you for real? You really believe that? (laughs) Um, How do you deal with um, the stay stuck complainer? The person is always going to bombard you with how miserably unhappy they are all these different areas where you encounter a problem and your own denial or their denial is front and center. So each chapter is really sort of unto itself. Now, all my skills, read the small print, do the emotional math, know when to hold them, know when to fold them. In other words, know when to continue to try and get through to somebody and when to give up and walk away. Um, you know, I, I, I'm forgetting them off the top of my head, but they're all devoted to each particular chapter, but then they're interchangeable. So read the small print, do the emotional math.
1: Well, you mentioned know when to hold them, know when to fold them. I love that. And <laughs> again, like so much of what we talk about on the show, easier said than done. But what are some questions someone could ask themselves around that.
0: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earning actually does. Our sponsor, Earning, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per day Pay period max and location. See earnin.com/tos for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first One Skin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month, and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around.
2: So, no one to hold them, no one to fold them is really a skill that's terrific when you're dealing with somebody who is stubborn, obstinate, argumentative, oppositional, disagreeing with you, where they see things differently than you. They have a they operate by a different perspective or a different set of facts, and it's very frustrating because we all have people like that in our lives, and we want we all look for agreement, and we all want to feel that we're right. So we try and convince people that they're wrong. And especially with family members or friends, know when to hold them, no when to fold them means knowing when to accept that you don't have to prove you're right and you don't have to prove them wrong. You want to give that up. That's sort of everybody's default. You want to give that up and instead move to a position of empathy and understanding you want to move from who's right or who's wrong to being open minded yourself and trying to understand how how did they come to this thinking how did they come to understand it like this so you, instead of telling them what you think ask them what they think why do you think that when did you start thinking like that how did you how did you come to that conclusion. And then if you see the big gap in their thinking, you can say, but what about this? Or did you think about that? Without even realizing it, you're getting them to reflect and consider their views. Sometimes people will go, well, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Sometimes they'll just double down and dig in deeper that that's ridiculous and dismiss what you're saying. But the point is, is that you're having a conversation With, instead of a conversation, at. And when you realize that, you know what? No matter what you say and no matter what they say, they are not going to wear a mask. And you are. No one to hold them and no one to fold them. That's it. Conversation's over. But then the takeaway is you now know where they're coming from and you then have to start to figure out what am I going to do? To take care of myself so that I'm not jeopardizing my principles or potentially putting myself in harm's way around the virus because they're not gonna wear a mask.
1: There's so much to unpack when it comes to denial because, as you said, there's so many different situations. But I just have this image or this idea around like objective truth. And because to me, denial it's wrapped up in kind of creating our own narrative, right? Like we might be in denial about the partner who we want to marry, but they're showing you through their actions that they're not committed or they're not ready for marriage, but you're not necessarily talking about it. So we create our own truth of, oh, well, well, maybe their mind will change. And I think a lot of times it's directed at things that they will change in order for us to feel safe in the relationship or feel good. And I feel just personally, it's been so powerful to always look at myself or try to look at myself and then to look at a partner and to look at a friend, any relationship and go, well, what are they showing me with their actions? Not right. what is the story that I'm telling about them or the story that I want. To me, that's like that can be the denial part.
2: Well, that's the wishing and hoping. Yes. Going with what you who you wish they were rather than who you see them and know them to be.
1: Yes. Yes. And that's so powerful to look Eric. at that and to keep coming back to that because it can be a healthy relationship. It doesn't need to it necessarily be, be toxic in a relationship that you need to leave, but there can be this friction if we're constantly creating a narrative and the wishing and hoping of what we want them to be. like. And there's all sorts of things wrapped up in that, like this these ideas of perfection and relationships and all these myths, really, instead of going right. I see them as they are, and I wouldn't change a hair on their head. And when you can get to that place, I think it's so valuable and it it releases a lot of that friction. Now, look, I'm not saying that there's not instances where it's an unhealthy relationship and it's toxic and you need to leave it or you need to take drastic measures. But I think a lot of times... It, it might just be these things that oh, we wish our partner would change this. And we can certainly communicate around them. But at the end of the day, if our communication has, has a goal of controlling them in, in order for me to be happy in this relationship, my partner needs to change. That's a dead end street that you're just never going to be happy. So really just digging down and trying to to identify, like you said, that the wishing and hoping and recognizing that and then going, OK, are these things that is a deal breaker? Because maybe they are. But are they just things that I wish my partner would change Then maybe try to release that, communicate it, but don't keep trying to change your partner?
2: So what you're saying is really important and hits the nail on the head. And you're really talking about acceptance (laughs) and being able to accept your partner for who they are. And stop trying to change them. I I have in my book, What About Me? I, I have a chapter called, If You Loved Me, You Would. And the expectation is that if you love me, you would do this for me. And the real challenge is to see your partner for who they are and accept them and accept some of their limitations so that you're not controlling or trying to be controlling in terms of getting them to do what you want them or need them to do. It doesn't mean you stop pursuing certain things that are, you know that that are really troublesome, but how many people one person throws their clothes on the floor, the other person can't stand it. One person puts the dishes in the sink, the other person can't stand. It. I could go on and on and on. There are certain behaviors that are not going to change. This is who the person is. These are these are their habits, This is their style. And so when you accept them, you change your expectations. And you're not so frustrated. You release the tension you were talking about. When you accept that your partner is never going to do those dishes, you then have a choice. You change your expectations and you say, you know what, I'm going to get paper plates so I can just throw the dishes out. <laughs> I'm going to do them because I'd rather, I'd rather do the dishes than see a sink full of dirty dishes. Or you say, you know what? you order your food i'm going to eat separately i mean there are many different things that you can do or you accept you know what so what if the dishes pile up as long as they're going to get done in a day or two when i need to go back in the kitchen fine and if you wind up doing more of the lion's share with the dishes then it comes out in the wash you say you know what he they can handle taking out the garbage or they can handle taking care of the car or the you know the electric bills i mean you 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 sort of balance out who's doing what, but you can't get there till you really accept that certain things your partner is just going to really be crappy at, and or not do. <laughs> you know, and and how do you live with that? So you're absolutely right because if you keep wishing and hoping that they're going to change, whether it's small behaviors around the house, smoking pot every night. Drinking wine. I mean, I can go on chapter and verse with the things that are really troublesome and problematic to people. If you stay stuck in denial and wishing and hoping that they will change them, you're going to be stuck in denial and you're going to be unhappy and you're going to constantly be trying to control them. So start with seeing them for who they really are, accepting them for who they really are, change your expectations of them. And that frees you to change the way you take care of things and take care of yourself.
1: I want to talk about a, another example that is probably common. Seems like uh, I know personally, I've been in situations or had friends and family in situations where they're in a unhealthy relationship and, you know, from the outside and and from what they share. And it's like, in you know, some of them can be abusive. And a lot of times the person is in denial around this. And that's why they stay. It's how they stay. It's like no one that objectively looked at a, you know, XYZ abusive relationship would stay. So it seems like they use denial to cope and, and to stay. What would you say to someone in that situation or someone on the outside, let's say, who has a family member to really confront that denial? I know We've we've talked about it using the emotional math. Can you maybe walk through the steps of of what that looks like?
2: Well, so physical abuse you talking about, verbal abuse?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I know there's so many different examples, but let's just say like an objectively toxic relationship. Yeah, a, abusive, just, you know, I, I know it, it's hard to nail down uh, whatever you like, if you want to use a specific example or one that you think is is more common than another
2: you're not going to walk somebody through their denial around an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. That's your denial. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You have to start to deal with your own denial that this is their relationship and as painful as it is to you to see it, you have to accept that this is where they're at. And the most that you can do is offer support and help in any way if and when they ask for it if you offer advice you're going to be it's going to be rejected you're going to be told you don't understand and more importantly they're not going to come to you if and when they do need you because they're not going to feel safe sharing with you because you're they're going to experience you as judgmental so you have to start with your own Acceptance of their relationship, no matter how painful it is. And the most that you can do is if they talk to you about something, is pose a question. Are you okay with the way he talks to you? Does that bother you? And if they say, yeah, it does, then you can say, Do you ever say anything? I mean, then you can sort of gently have a conversation with them to get some idea of how they might be dealing with it. And then you could say, you know, I had an idea. I have a thought. Would you like to hear how you might, what you might say differently? But you first ask them if they're open to it. Because if they're not open to it, you're wasting your time.
0: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it hero.co and use the code do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing and they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie...
1: How about someone that's in the relationship? And maybe a a better question is, would someone that's listening right now that's in denial about a toxic relationship even be able to start to see that, right? Like
2: Well, yes. Anybody in a toxic relationship, the arrow that points to denial is their unhappiness, their emptiness, their disappointment, feeling blamed feeling maligned, the way they feel will tell anybody that they're in a toxic relationship. Because if there's a preponderance of negative feelings with very few positive ones, something is amiss. Relationships are supposed to line up. In my What About Me book, I talk about love you mean it, hate you mean it moments. It's impossible to be in an intimate relationship with somebody without being angry and upset with them. And in those moments, we hate that person. But we love them. And and the default of what we come back to is we love them, all the loving moments. And there have to be enough loving moments to ground you and enable you to tolerate what I call paper cuts, you know, the, the, the things that just annoy and irritate. But without the positive loving to balance, you're only gonna have the negative. And that tells you. I'm lying to myself. I'm making this. I'm turning a little into a lot. I'm turning the little bit that I'm getting into a lot more than it really is. I am wishing and hoping every day that he's going to be nice to me tomorrow, that she's going to say the right thing, that we're going to have sex. I'm believing what I'm being told when they tell me I'm the one who's being selfish. I'm the one who's greedy. No, those are all missing the signs, wishing and hoping, believing what you're told, making a little, a lot into a little, or a little into a lot. It's all the nuts and bolts of denial. And if you take inventory and ask yourself those questions, am I, is this, it'll add up to denial. And, and that will tell you, I need to see things more realistically. I need to start to talk back to my denial with more clarity. Am I being greedy? No, I'm not being greedy to want to see somebody on the weekends. Am I being selfish because I want somebody to talk to me without raising their voice or calling me names? Am I being inconsiderate because they've had a tough day and I should know they can have a temper tantrum on me and devalue me? No, I'm not. You have to get your own truth and see it, hold on to it, and then that will enable you to use it.
1: It seems you you just laid it out so beautifully. And it seems like, yeah, like just asking ourselves these questions and going, am I spending a lot of my time wishing and hoping, you know, that they'll change? Okay, maybe I'm in denial here. But that's what's so tricky about it. You know, just from my own experiences is that when you're in it, you don't necessarily Realize it, right? Because you're creating this narrative. So it's conversations like these but these tools are so valuable to pull you out and go, "Oh, I am wishing and hoping my partner would treat me better all of the time. Maybe I'm in denial, or also important in this conversation that maybe you can touch on is what are realistic expectations? Because, yeah, you know, yes, it's realistic to to be talked to respectfully and not yelled at. But is it realistic that your partner, speaks to you perfectly all the time. No, no one's perfect. So that's also an interesting line to think about of of what is realistic.
2: Absolutely. But here's the other thing. If you are blaming yourself a lot, saying what's wrong with me, I should be more considerate. I'm being so thoughtless. I'm being so selfish. Because that's how your needs are being responded to by your partner. That's not about changing your expectations. Of yourself, it's changing your expectations of, of them. It's your expectations are valid. Hold on to them, and you know if if you're looking for your partner to talk to you perfectly, meaning never raise their voice. Well, we all take a tone. Can't you handle that? Can't you change your expectation and say, "All right, look, we all get annoyed," and turn to your partner and say, "Are you upset with me? Why are you taking a tone? You sound. Did I upset you?" so that you can talk about it.
0: Yeah. But the
2: idea is to be able to clear the air and not just be the bombarded by negativity and hostility.
1: So we could do a whole podcast series on denial and you've written a book about it. So I'm sure there's a lot of comprehensive tools and in, in different situations. And before we wrap up, are there any things that you want to emphasize or maybe something that we haven't covered before we say goodbye?
2: I just think that it, it's really important. The two key elements are what are your expectations of yourself? And what are your expectations of others? And how do you arrive at a working definition for yourself of what it means to be a good enough wife, sister, husband, partner, friend, employee, colleague, worker, so that you have your own standard to live up to and are not constantly trying to meet the approval of somebody else? Because you'll always be met with their disapproval. and how to deal with people that are always negative and complaining and critical and blaming of you so that you don't come away feeling like there's something wrong with you denial is a leveler it it when you're dealing with it you come away making everything outside of you better by taking it all out and saying what's wrong with me and telling yourself what's wrong with you so the key is to start to challenge that, that maybe what's wrong is that you're not acting on what you have a right to expect and ask for. And denial is also a pick your poison. Sometimes it's easier to go with what you have rather than face taking on something new. Elvis sang about it in, Are you lonesome tonight? He said, you know, I'd rather go on believing your lies than living without you. So you really just have to pick your poison. If you go on living the lies, you're guaranteeing unhappiness. If you pick your poison and go for a change, you'll be unhappy. It'll be, you know, an overhaul, but you give yourself the chance for happiness.
1: I love that. Thank you, Dr. Greer, you. For, for coming on the show and, and sharing these valuable insights. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and about your book? And then we'll say goodbye.
2: Yes. Um, you can find me online at uh, com, and you can buy my book right from there. Um, also, you can go to Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and IndieBound.org and Roman and Littlefield. But all of these are on my website, com.
1: Excellent. Well, we will have those links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And thank you for taking the time to come on the show.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14 day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner, or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. with your partner, or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day.
1: You are listening to a pleasure podcast.